smell wet stones as the, the smell just fills your nose. You find your pack and feel around inside of it for your torch and flint. You grab them out and you finally manage to get a spark going after 15 minutes. And there in the dark you see us sitting there waiting for you to figure that out. Woohoo! Hey. Well, that was exciting. That was. Uh, welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40 something year olds who can talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And you guys might know us online as Guyver and as Kasig or Bronco. Me. Today's episode, if you have not figured it out, is role-playing or RPG, um, role-playing, role-playing game. We aren't doing any particular game per se, but just the general concept of role-playing in general, because there's a lot of you as we bring it up, um, not necessarily you who are listening. Uh, most of you will probably know what role-playing is, but like when you're talking to someone and you ask, you know, oh yeah, I was doing a campaign and I was role-playing and, you know, they're going to be like, is that like a bedroom thing? What are you, what, what are you doing? Um, so we're imagine just going to go over yeah, magic walking, wizard. Imagine Chris walking in just in a little red riding hood outfit. And like, no, not that role play. That's Fridays. That's a, and that's only a different, a, uh, that's only that's different it's the 21st. That's only the <laughs> 21st. Um, so we're basically, um, just going to go over the basic format and, we're going to go over a bunch of just the different types of games out there. Um, the reason we're not going to go over just any one in particular, we want this to kind of be an overview um, of role playing. And Kyle, why do we want it to be just like an overview? Is there any particular reason you're you role play right now? So let's right. ask you why, why do we want this to be an overview? Um, well, because people get different ideas and different views, especially if you're familiar with role playing, you may be familiar with it in different formats um you know the there's the the old school role playing you know D, &D uh, pathfinder you know tabletop role playing uh star wars vampire the masquerade werewolf firefly all these uh in person very social sitting around the table uh coming up with your character type of role plays um and then there's also role playing uh you know rpgs and i think rpg really hits more towards the uh gamer community when you hear rpgs people think uh you know the elder scroll series with uh daggerfall mm -hmm. oblivion oblivion uh skyrim, skyrim. Uh, mm -hmm. fallout um the witcher you know all these uh, even uh you know going back to like zelda final fantasy all these rpg type games um and then you have a totally different subgenre of of that where people actually 
role play in uh, games that may not necessarily be you know RPG type games. There's a, a GTA, you know, Grand Theft Auto is has a huge role play community. Um, Red Dead Redemption has a huge role play community, and, and those are two that I'm familiar with, and that's that's a whole different subset of uh, role playing that we can we'll kind of go over a little bit. So role playing in gaming, there's there's so many different. Uh, facets to it that it's gonna be hard to get in one one episode and uh, we want to come back and like hit on all these individually as we go forward and through with the with the show and the series itself so this will be kind of a high flying um episode to kind of touch on a bunch of little little things or touch on a bunch of different topics and give a little little tidbits here and there of those and then we'll we'll eventually dive back into uh, each subset in a little bit more detail as we go forward i like how i was saying it's it's just so vast and everything that you can do each literally each game will be its own episode and there's a lot of games out there there's a lot of damn games and Mm -hmm. we want to give each game that you know someone's brought up to us or we know of we want to give it its due we want to make sure it gets a fair shake in this podcast so that's kind of again why we just why we're doing what we did um so, and Kyle, jump in at any time because what I know of this is what I grabbed from the internets. Yeah. Because, again, going off last episode, we're old, so it's the internets. Mm-hmm. All the um, internets. It's all the, all your internets are belong to us. Um, so, role playing started out basically in the, well, you watched that documentary. Why don't you take this? Because all I have is what I, typed out here and it's not as yeah. good as what you were explaining to me earlier. Um, well, I watched like a brief, um, a brief history of Dungeons and Dragons, um, how, how that, that got started and, and, um, you know, a little preface here, like I'm very new to, D and D and tabletop role play in general. Like it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've actually finally got to, uh, get into it within the last couple of months. Uh, but what was interesting is, is, you know, how it spurred and how it started, um, tabletop type games like like D and D that are are role playing really spurred from um, uh, board games, right? And so the board games have been popular for um, uh, the last couple of centuries. Actually, going back, into, I think it was the eighteen hundreds. There was some some earlier uh, documentation of that with you know just uh, taking miniatures and and acting out. Um, real world battles, whether it be like medieval or modern military and things like that, and um, it's it kind of made the turn in the late '60s to early '70s of uh, more of a, a Tolkien esque uh, fantasy realm to it, um, and even the the first iteration of, of Dungeons and Dragons itself was still very focused on like the large scale battles of of uh, of like tabletop style gaming where you didn't have your you know, your small band of ruffians and adventurers going off on quest. It was still, you know, very, very large scale with battles that were, um, from what I saw, you know, lined up to be, you know, several hundred um, combatants at once from just both from the player side and from the, the NPC side. And so it was, uh, it was an evolution of the old style war games and, and eventually things were added in more handouts, more uh, supplements and, in books that uh, added added classes and subclasses and campaigns and it was just this ever growing uh, beast, if you will, of, of evolution until we got to 
you know, where we are today. So let's, let's <clears throat> go back to what Kyle was saying is we're going to get into, you're not going to understand half of what he just said, unless you have role played or know someone who actively role plays like classes, subclasses, we're going to kind of go into a high overview of all that stuff. So yeah. don't worry. We don't want to lose you right here. This is just, um, we're just giving you kind of the overview of it. Um, it was originally published in um, Dungeons and Dragons, I should say, in 1974 by TSR. TSR is very famous in the nerding community. Um, that's Tactical Studies Rules, Inc. Um, and it was created by Gary Gygax and Dave uh, Arn. Is it Arneson? I think it is. Um, so they started off basically in a basement. Is it basement or someone's garage? I'm trying to remember. It was the basement, wasn't it? I think it was a basement. I think it was a basement. And they were just looking for something with a little bit more, like Kyle was saying, Tolkien-esque rules to it. Um, they were just looking for something to get away from their lives. It's When you're younger and you're not with the in crowd, it, it, it can suck. So you want to find some way to... Um, expand your horizons to get away something to an escape and thus dungeons and dragons was born it so kyle what else did you see about like gary gygax and uh dave um, what i watched there wasn't a, um there wasn't a huge dive into into uh into their lives just mostly that they they you know came to know each other and other people that helped develop you know, D and D to what it is today. There were, there were you know, smaller groups, um, almost like little social clubs uh, scattered about, and they were, um, they would meet and do, you know, much like you do for you know D and D and other tabletop sessions today. They would meet for these board gaming sessions, and um, they just, you know, kind of had a vision of there's there's more that could be done with this, you know, aside from well, there's just battles, you know, let's uh, to where they could really expand on it and make it a more immersive experience. Um, you know, when, when they finally kind of graduated onto advanced dungeons and dragons, which is really considered, um, you know, version one, um, the, they, they wanted to give the players, you know, a, a chance to tell a story rather than, uh, work out, work out through a battle. They wanted to have, you know, these groups, you know, want you and your players and your groups to go on adventures and, you know, encouraged and exploring and alternative uh, methods of handling these situations outside of fighting. Because, uh, you know, you've, you've played a lot more than I have. That It's not always um, in the best interest to try to fight and defeat the big bad guy. No, you know, it's not. Always, and so it, it opened up this realm of creativity that, wasn't present in these earlier war games where it was tactical creativity. It was, you know, how can I maneuver my troops and how can I um, position them to have a better tactical advantage? It evolved into more storytelling and um, really kind of driving players to create their character, have have a personal tie with that character, to live out a life that, that otherwise you couldn't, you know... Um, you know, I can't be a role play. Foot. Yeah, role play. You you role pick a play. role and you play it. 
Um, it's and you know, you know, I can't. Well, I guess I kind of could be a dwarf, but you know, like a, <laughs> a Tolkien esque dwarf. You know, carrying a, a battle hammer and you know going into to dungeons and, and fighting slimes and looking for dragons and stuff like that. Like I can't walk out my back door and do that. But in this in this world that's created with you and you know other people that collaborated, it mold you know, it evolves and you you kind of help shape and mold it into you know whatever becomes and and uh, you couldn't do that with the with the war games because it was all tactical. And so with the actual role playing coming about, it gave people a chance to create their own world, and you know you could take these uh, these campaigns that were kind of preset guidelines of adventures and things that you could go on, and no two playthroughs would be the same, um, even with the same groups of players, because if you're picking different roles and different styles of, tac- of tackling these problems or approaching them or avoiding them altogether, you have completely different stories, even with the same backbone of the story with different playthroughs. So. I think that was a big uh, attraction for it as well. Well, and just like no two people are alike, like you're saying, there's no two stories that are going to be alike. You can give, you can give the bones to someone of the story of the campaign, but then you may tell it, which you will tell it a different way than I may tell it. Right. You may go, you may tell it saying, you know, the players may meet, you know, they may go to an, uh, a tavern, and they have a good time and, you know, meet with the bar wenches and just whatever. Mm-hmm. Mine might involve like a unicorn, some dragons and like a, a buffalo and a, and a nine iron. I want to play your campaign. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> I want to um, go golfing with a unicorn as a, <laughs> with a it's your caddy as a golf court. Yeah. Buffalo is my caddy. <laughs> right then. Damn, oh. We need to. Wait, we that's actually a good that idea show. for a show. Yeah, let me caddy. let me preference to that. They weren't when they Gygax and Dave, I said, just call him Dave because I don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly. Um, they weren't teenagers when they created this. They were adults. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that these adults created something that, you know, created in 74 is still going. Mm-hmm. It's still evolving. So, and going, still... It's going strong, and it's it's becoming a lot more popular. So, and we'll, and we'll delve more into that later. And like I said, we'll go a lot more in depth with them and Dungeons and Dragons when we hit that episode. But this episode's just just the overview, so you can get a little bit better understanding of it before you decide, man, what are these guys doing? Why are we listening to this? Mm-hmm. We want to give you the understanding. We'll kind of say if you're a a modern video gamer gamer and you would enjoy things that are labeled as RPGs right now. And, and you know, Skyrim is the, the big one that everybody still talks about, but even, even, uh, you know, fallout and different games, the, the way these games are structured and built, their roots are in old D and D for your character development and leveling and, uh, hit points. Hit points came Absolutely. about because of of D and D and experience points and proficiencies and uh, you know feats and traits and things. Though all those systems, your your basic skill tree system that you see in almost any, um, not even like it's even branched out from RPG games to even some shooter games and things. That that skill tree developed as a result. Cyberpunk. Of cyberpunk. Uh, that's a that's a that's 
That's a that's a new one, and it's relevant right now. And it's I mean, relevant. This skill tree. And I haven't touched it <laughs> yet <laughs> because Aww, I know what it sounds. Happen. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't see you for about two weeks. Yeah, um, really l- big lag in production if I start playing Cyberpunk. So, um, actually, hold on. Let me read this. Didn't we get our first? We sold our first commercial sponsor this week, didn't we? We did. We did. And um, we'll take a, a moment, you know, here to uh, to. Really, I mean, we really appreciate this guy a lot for taking time out and really seeing that this is something that he wanted to get behind and and mm-hmm. uh, you know really uh, he, really get his name. He's out putting there. himself out there, yeah, putting his his mm-hmm. name and his business out there, and yeah. we appreciate it. It's it it takes a lot of courage to do this to you know to sell time. It does. Well, to, it does. Yeah, and we appreciate him, um, you know, trusting us with his brand to really get it out so. there to the masses. And so, uh, you know, for uh, uh, Horny Harry's Big Game, Horn Mounting is uh, sponsoring this episode. And we'll take a moment here to uh, recognize our sponsor and let them get their plug in. And without further ado. Hey, you. Is your significant other getting mad because your horniness is everywhere? The bathroom, the living room, the gay rod, your car, even your dog? Well, this has been a problem for me as well. My horniness has caused all sorts of problems for me. This is why I started Horny Harry's Big Game Horn Mounting. I'll mount horns anywhere. The living room, the garage, the bathroom, or your dog. Your horns are too large? No problem! Your horns are too small? No problem. We'll mount them all. Just come on down to Horny Harry's where our motto is, I'm horny, are you? Oh, and no wolves allowed. Only available in some states with legal hunting. If your mounting lasts over six hours, please consult your doctor. Uh, thank you, thank you, Horny Harry's Big Game Horn Mounting. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, getting behind us and and really supporting what we do. Um, I appreciate it the most because, damn it, when I have those small horns, I have small horns, you know, that I've gotten. Um, it it was great. He was able to um, mount them no problem. So yeah. We really appreciate it. Horny Harry, we salute you. You are a real hero. American treasure. American treasure, damn it. <laughs> okay, so now let's jump back into the RPGs. Okay. Um, and let's go into, let's talk about how you actually do it now. Um, because most people, again, are thinking that we're sitting around in robes, drinking, uh, essence of canine to gain powers that was the uh episode of king of the hill where bobby joined the uh, group mm-hmm. and they made him try and drink the dog blood oh okay i got you now um, um, that's not how you play <laughs> well apparently not i just i just roll around in the blood <laughs> uh um, robe now <laughs> where's my robe <laughs> robe back from the cleaners oh kyle um <laughs> don't even don't don't <laughs> oh don't, kyle Mrs. put on your robes so each each role-playing game each rpg they have their own set of rules but the outcome is always the same you have your core base set of rules such as um you have to pick your 
character. Is your character going to be a boy or a girl? Is it not going to be a boy or a girl? Is it going to be somewhere in between? Is it from a race? We're going to race. Is it from a race that doesn't have men or women or they're hermaphroditic or they're um, blobs or they're slimes? Um, mm -hmm. what, what, Kyle, go into, let's go into like racial classes. Like what are the different races that you know of that people can play? Well, uh, just even something I found out earlier, which is which was kind of cool, and I, I'm really surprised I didn't catch on to this, is like the uh, the halfling race in D and D. Uh, the halfling race is that's a hobbit. That is actually a hobbit, and they were originally, um, I believe, originally referred to as such. And there were some kind of legal things with the uh, Tolkien estate and and Gygax and D and D stuff where they had to change the name of some of these, and and so a lot of your like fantasy type races i mean you have orcs and goblins and uh giants and uh goliaths and uh you know elves um and then you have you know half elk half orcs and humans and gnomes and, so in a, gnomes and, and a lot of these these games you you, you gain a uh a a special um you know they call it you know it's a racial ability or a racial perk or a racial benefit where um you know like uh, you know we can't, I know we keep kind of going back to it, but uh, Skyrim and well just the the Elder Scrolls series in general the Argonians are like a reptile type class and and they're you know more apt for like sneaky type activities they're you know they have uh, a boost to stealth and can breathe underwater where you know humans and other races cannot breathe underwater and Poison uh, resistance. Poison resistance, magic resistance, frost resistance, heat resistance. So all that kind of goes into uh, when you're you're looking at the the character that you want to play and the type of role and the vision that you have in your head of like what what this character is going to be. You, you start looking at these races, or you you know you may back into it and say, okay, well I want to be uh, you know a, a a dwarf paladin or something, you know some random mashup, and you go into it that way and build off your character and backstory off of that. Um, and so all these things kind of go into play when, when building that character before you even, uh, you know, start picking weapons and armor and gear and all the, the fun little, little fun, bits. That the you fun ditties. The fun little ditties that you get the to carry ditties. with you. So, and you don't even get, like Kyle was saying, you don't get to get that far until you pick your start, your core character, your starting character. Right. So... Once you pick your character, you'll pick like, I'm going to be a human male. Um, you'll pick literally everything about this person. I'm 25. I have, um, you have to pick a backstory. I'm 6'2", uh, 350 pounds, like well-built, um, has a scar below his left cheek. You have to give every bit of information um, in the old days, it was pen and pencil or pen and paper. Yeah. You know, you'd have to write it down and you'd have to tell them, okay, here's this. You have to give them a backstory. <clears throat> and when you give them that backstory, that's who makes this person. Just like our backstories make who we are today. These backstories make these people like they may have been sold to a traveling circus of gnolls and dark elves. And they were horribly abused. So they have a hatred of gnolls and dark elves, mm -hmm. which sends them into a blinding rage, which means that they'll throw down all their weapons and just start 
swinging their fist like in a uh, windmill motion. You know, like you can give them fatal fatal flaws. You can give them, you know, really good traits. You can give them bad traits. Usually, you want to try and give your character some sort of downfall too. Right. Um, you and you don't want to make them make things perfect. interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you um, don't, yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't want to have the perfect specimen every time because that, I mean, in all honesty, that, that gets boring and that kind of, you, you develop a, um, when you're creating a character in whatever it is, honestly, I mean, it doesn't have to be D and D can be, uh, you know, in any type of, of group role play activity. If you're, if you're playing as the perfect specimen of whatever race you're, you are and there's, you know, you're a, you can do anything and everything it gets boring because there's no challenge to it. There's no conflict. There's no character development. There's no story being made other than you know, you have the ability to uh, you know you're just you're just gonna show up in the dungeon and just wreck shit. You know, there's there's no, which can be fun. Which can be fun once in my mind. <laughs> you know, uh, once. If you, but there's you want that that you know you play these games not to win in a traditional sense. Um, and I'm going to kind of uh, allude a little bit to some of the more modern role-playing scenarios like in uh, Grand Theft Auto role-play and um, Red Dead Redemption, Wild West role-play stuff. You're, you're, not, you're not playing these games to beat the game necessarily. That's your end goal. You, know, you have quests and things to do, but um, you'll, spend, you'll spend so much more time reminiscing and joking and talking about the little stories and the little one-off things that happened mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. than, yeah, we kicked that dragon's ass. And I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody eventually is going to try to kick the dragon's ass. But what did you do, you know, from point A to point dragon? You know, how did you get there and what made it fun and interesting? And Point A to point dragon. <laughs> what did you do from tavern to dragon? What was fun? And because uh, everybody starts in the tavern. But, you know. It's true. Like, it's true. I, I like using the, the GTA RP role play side of it about because there's a lot of cops and you know robbers stuff that happens there's criminals and cops and that's that's a big facet of uh, gta role play online and it's it's not fun if the bad guys always win and it's not fun if the cops always win if they're working together and they have this mutual agreement that hey we're here to like we're telling stories right we're here to tell a really cool story um and it's not fun if the the bad guy gets away every time and shoots up the cops and down and it's not fun if the cops you know mow down the bad guys every time something happens but if they had this cool dialogue between each other you know there's a bank robbery and you know they're really acting it out and that you know this the the bank robber is there because you know they're um, on their last leg and uh, they're they're broke and they owe the mafia boss money that's played by somebody else and they're trying to get the money and then they start negotiating with the cops and hostages get involved and you have these really cool stories that you can go back and, and talk about again later and it's you know it's more to me that's more rewarding than just the stuff in the loot in the game you know um, that's know, the kind of loot. stuff that like you're saying you're yeah. going to reminisce with your friends about like 20 yeah. years down the line yeah, uh, I'll have it's, some I'll have some cool stories to relay on that too. You know, as we as we get into it, and I'm sure you, I know of at least one really good story that you have that you know, <laughs> yeah, that, there's that a couple really really highlight that it's not always about the win. Sometimes the losses make the <laughs> the better story. Sometimes the loss ends the damn campaign. Sometimes yes. the loss ends the damn campaign, and it's all your fault. But we'll get into that here a we'll little bit later. There. We'll get there, and I, I love this story. 
Okay, um, so let's talk about the mechanics a little bit. All okay. RPGs are based off of mechanics. Mechanics mm -hmm. are going to be, most of them, uh, mo the majority of role-playing games that I know of, especially tabletop, are based off of dice, the right. die. You roll the die. Everything is a roll of the die. Mm -hmm. um, D and if you ever see shirts that say D20 on there, that means... Uh, dice with 20 sides on it. That's a staple in most role-playing games. Right. Um, crits, if you ever hear say crits, that's a critical strike. That's really bad. So you'll, you'll hear all really sorts of Really good if you're lingo. the one delivering it. No, it's great if you're doing it. Um, yeah, what's a, what's some of the other lingo? Like, as someone who's role-playing right now, what's, like, um, what's a nat? Okay, so you have uh, like a nat 1 and a nat 20. So uh, to kind of build off the 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 d20 the 20 sided die that's that's like your go-to for everything um you know kind of hitting heavy with D, &D but the other games use that that whole system of of that's your success that's your measure of success or failure for an action that you're trying to do um is rolling that d20 um you know like if i'm saying you know, i want to you know leap over this uh this you know six foot tall bar but i'm a two foot tall halfling you know the the <laughs> the DM running the game may say, okay, well I need you to do you know a athletics check to see if you're actually able to do that. And so you'll roll your d20 and you'll get get a it'll land on numbers somewhere between one and twenty, and that gauges how effective your attempt is. And so you know a uh, a nat twenty is is landing on twenty. That's typically within the realm of possibility. That's going to be you know an automatic. Uh, success, like you are going to do that, and you're going to do it gloriously, and it's going to look awesome. Um, like that one, while you're like, doing it, you might hit like something, and like fire may break out behind you, but it's illuminating you while you're doing it. The Just other side cool. of that is the net one, which is a critical failure, and you're going to fail probably just as spectacularly as you know the the complete opposite end of the spectrum that you know you ran, you slipped on a banana peel, and you rolled, and you fell into the side of the bar, and you chipped a tooth, and you took, you know, one point bludgeoning damage or something, um, and then anywhere in between those. So those are your natural rolls, and uh, it's lingo that gets tossed around a lot. Um, and then you kind of go. There's there's all these other die that are used for different modifiers, different sided die, and um, that's that can take a lot to get into. But you know, mm -hmm. you, have, you know, your D twenty, D four, D six, D tens, all these different sided die, and they all have different purposes in different games and, and those rule sets and stuff that you look at. Um, looking at it from the outside, just watching somebody play, and and it can seem like, oh, you know, I don't know what the hell they're doing. There's all this dice talk, and they're rolling, and they're adding modifiers and all this stuff. It's there in the in the guidelines, and and uh, and so it's uh, it's harder to follow from the outside, but you watch a little bit, and you start picking up, and you kind of read a little bit, and it's it's really not as as uh, hard as it as it seems at all. There's a little math involved, so you know, but not hard math. But so you'll hear like a lot of common themes are dexterity. You'll hear charisma. Mm -hmm. You'll hear, um, let's see, let's give an example. Um, like, so there's strength, charisma, wisdom, intelligence, which there is a difference between wisdom and intelligence. There's a big difference. Yeah. Um, like let's say that someone who had a charisma of like 18 plus he was from a race that is like, a beautiful, like a godly race. So he gets a yeah. modifier of like plus six. 
So he would walk in and he would, someone with the charisma would try and maybe persuade someone. They're, the group's trying to get into a town. They won't, the guard won't let him in. What would someone with charisma do? Like what would the yeah. DM, DM stands for dungeon master. If you ever hear us say that GM is game master. Yeah. That's also big lingo um, that we forgot to go over. Yeah. Interchangeable but, like, for a different game, but it's, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, like if, if I went in and, and, uh, you know, if, if Chris was, uh, the DM, for example, and, you know, I was like using the example of the character he said, and I walked into, uh, you know, a tavern and there was, uh, a, a, a barmaid there that we kind of had an idea that she has some knowledge of, uh, the location of where this, this group of bandits were hiding out that we were looking for. Um, but she was, you know, really wanting to withhold that information. You know, I may say, okay, well, I want to, uh, I want to try to, uh, sweet talk this barmaid a little bit, you know, let her try to get some information out of her. Um, and, uh, before, you know, I do my action, you know, the, the DM would typically I would step in and say, you know, roll for, uh, persuasion. And, uh, and you would look at your stats uh, you know, if you had some a little boost to that, you know, you would get some added to your your roll, and you would you know roll that d20, and you know, say I rolled a a, a natural 20, like we talked about earlier. That's that's, a, that's an automatic win. So I would be super smooth and charming, and you know, really s- sweet talker with uh, uh, with uh, just with the natural charisma the barmaid. That we could have the barmaid, and um, you know, just be like, hey, you know. Whatever barmaid name is, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but uh, you know, the the light from Room Hilda. I just want to say, you know, the the light from the fireplace and the the music from the bard and this. I've, I just never think I've I've laid eyes on a more beautiful creature in all my travels and all the places that I've been. And and you know, me and my band here, we are just really looking for some help and I would really think a, a, a just a beautiful lady like you an intelligent intelligent woman just I don't even know why you're working here in the bar you should be you should be you know at, at the college leading courses on wizardry and sorcery I don't what you should be there but just, uh, we need we just need a little bit of help as I grasp her hand and look her in the eyes and, and say just, we, we would just a little bit of a nudge in any direction to help us find these bandits would be lovely. And then the DM would say, you know, roll for persuasion. You know, that's... And if I rolled high enough, it would work. If I rolled low enough, then it would be, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you get slapped across the face by the barmaid and she doubles your tab and, you know, bad shit happens or... Well, and let's go on that too. Like, I will give you a story of what happened to me in one match on a situation like this so when you're hot you're hot when you're rolling dice when you're Mm -hmm. when you're bad you are rolling bad and it just seems to look like it's worse because you're just doing really bad rolls so like in a situation like this i was i rolled um a one a couple times and with my luck in this situation that kyle just said the barmaid Broomhilda leans forward into the light of the fireplace only for me to see she's a troll, a troll barmaid. And she had her way with my character. 
<laughs> and not in a good way. Not pleasurable. That's what happens. That's the kind of crap that can happen. It just depends if you're... your silver pieces and... Oh, she did more than that. I was left crying in the horse stall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there... A lot depends, too, on your DM. If your DM is going to be a vengeful DM, if you did something that they don't like, mm -hmm. um, there's good DMs, there's bad DMs. You know, there... you may get... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I you saying... may get in... Oh, uh, well, no, after you, sir. They took our job! They took our DMs! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have the ones that... You know, you have uh, some DMs that maybe kind of kill heavy. Like, they're they're really looking for that that uh, that TPK. Like, okay, they're they're in it to win it from the DM side. Uh, TPK is like total party kill. You know, to wipe out your whole group in the session, uh, which is not really any fun for anybody. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you, it it's uh, finding a group and a good DM is a lot like dating. You know, you got to find a good match and good mesh, you know, and you have to have things that complement each other and personalities and play styles and things that, that make things vibrant and fun. And uh, like Chris said, you know, you get a vengeful DM, and I'm sure you, you may have had those experiences too, uh -huh. probably more so than I have. Um, it's not that fun. You know, you, no. you, you're there to have fun. You're playing a game, you're there to have fun, and that, sh that should be your, your focus of it and, and finding like-minded people that want to do that. So you actually gave us a great segue here. I'm going to switch up the order of our next talking points here. Oh, God. Um, okay, since, go ahead. Since, so, since you were talking about groups, let's talk yeah. about that. We'll, we'll move this next part down, but let's talk about um, our next part's the struggling, the struggle to find a group. So since you mentioned that, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard uh, to find find a good group like like I, like I said earlier you know I've I've had a, a an itch to really get into uh, tabletop and particularly D and D and tabletop role playing games for several years now uh, geographically where I am it's it's really hard um, I live in a kind of a low population area um, it's hard to find enough people to actually have a game to sit down and, and play a session let alone run an entire campaign that can go on for weeks or months or years. And, um, and so I did, we did, uh, I did have a little bit of a group, of, a smaller group at work and we played some tabletop games. We didn't, we weren't able to dive into full, you know, D and D sessions. Um, we'd play, uh, some different star Wars games and other tabletops, you know, played Scythe and a few others you know, over our lunch break once a week, but we didn't have the time to sit down and do a full run. And luckily, I, I came across a, a really good group this year, and, and um, nobody's local. We're actually playing a uh, entire campaign online using a uh, system called Roll Twenty that allows people to get together and, and share resources and actually play. Which as is if you're, awesome. It's great. I'm having a blast with it. Uh, you know, share if resources, guys, player handbooks, yeah. and stuff, and. They play. Uh, <clears throat> they they play a lot on Friday nights. I, yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a blast to watch. Um, <laughs> typically, I'm there to give Kyle's character shit. Yeah. Yeah. Chris um, is uh, from the sidelines, not really cheering anybody on, more or less prodding the the failures, which is perfectly which, fine. Which is which is kind of what makes it interesting too, um, yeah. and see how they roll with it. But 
the, who who do you play with? Why don't you again? Yes. Yeah. So the group that I play with, shameless plug. Uh, you know, I, I met them when I started playing uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto roleplay, um, and uh, that's that's something that we could probably almost do a whole thing on. But uh, we were a group that found each other in this game. Um, we were, for the most part, everybody that's in there. Yeah, I think everybody that's in there met through that game. And so we were playing as um, the lost MC in uh, on a Grand Theft Auto RP server, roleplay server. Uh, so if you know anything about Grand Theft Auto and the lore, the lost MC is a, is a big part of that lore. And we, we wanted to do you know, some fun, cool biker shit. Like that was, that was our plan. So that's how we all met. And, and, uh, we, you know, kind of following the same set of rules of coming up with a character and a backstory and reasoning for doing things. You know, we, there's some really good role players in that group. And, um, really we, uh, we, we had, you know, somebody said, well, let's just do a D and D campaign. And, and uh, I missed the first one-off that they did. Uh, they did a, a quick short one to kind of warm up, and I got into the, the second run of it, and I've been having a blast. You know, we started off doing GTA RP, then we moved on to playing uh, Star Wars, uh, Old, Repu- Old Republic, um, and we were going to try to role-play in that a little bit, and then now we're, you know, into, into D&D, and um, it's just a, it's fun because, like I said, it's, it's kind of like dating, finding that right group of people that are in it to tell a really cool story and have fun with it. And, and, uh, who's in your group in my group right now. So there's, um, uh, the people that there's some streamers in that group, uh, myself, uh, blasted props. We talked about in the last episode, he plays Uh and uh, streams occasionally. Um, fee Phoenix siren. She streams. Um, and, uh, then we have, uh, Stony and Addy and uh, Bones are GM or are DM, and I think every single person in that group, yeah, we were all uh, lost MC on GTARP, so we we're all patch members, and you know, That's so really we went cool. from being full on, you know, uh, leather cut wearing bikers rolling around on uh, GTA's version of Harley's and, and stirring shit up to like we've got two dwarfs and a couple of elves and a halfling and and uh roman dungeons and trying to find treasure and so it's cool to see the versatility of the group go from one to the next and and uh you know i, I consider these this group this this group that i play with the the D group now and, and our extended group that play other things um you know some of my best friends and i've never met any of them in person but we talk on a daily basis without fail and so that's that's one of the draws to this for me um, and that common theme of, of becoming an older kind of aging nerd and trying to find time to do things social activities are tough it's not things involved with kids and other things you know usually when you're done with work and stuff you want to come home you don't want to go anywhere else mm-hmm. this this is my social outlet you know i may be sitting in my little room here but uh not out and about but i'm you know going to interact with people and we have common interests and we have things that we can talk about and you know that was a really driving force to to get things going like what we're doing with this show now and and uh getting these things out there that that really kind of helped inspire the the message for this show so again if you haven't watched it they role play on fridays you can watch on case stream it is so much fun to watch like um one thing that i've learned from watching them is that if you miss a session if you miss 
Um, your character gets left behind wondering where your group is. Yep. And spends the entire session looking for the group. Yep. So don't miss a session. <laughs> you get left behind. Um, but there, it's super. Yeah, poor props. <laughs> poor props. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're so much fun to watch. Um, great DM. Uh, who's DM? Is it? Uh, Bone is our DM, and this is, you know, he's actually really fresh to it. Uh, he's doing a great job. Yeah. But he's doing he's, an amazing job. He's doing a great job at it. It's, it. He makes it really interesting to watch. And then, you know. Um, and he's really have, fair. He's a, he, he is he, extremely fair. He's an equal, equal opportunity. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it. Nobody's what's really safe. cool is, you know, they have like. Um, he was, uh, Kyle was saying they have two girls in their group. They have stony girl and mm-hmm. Phoenix. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are a blast to watch. They're, they're just funny. Um, not, you know, it's funny how they role play. They're just, they're really intelligent how they do things. Right. Cause you can, t- right. you they're can tell that they're characters. very, they really are. They're very methodical. And it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I just, like I said, I just like to go on and give Kyle crap. Um, just cause I know, you know, he's good natured about it. I don't mean anything yep. by it, but it's there. It's so much fun. So go watch it. Definitely go watch it Friday nights. Uh, um, I'm usually doing that Friday nights, approximately six to six thirty uh, PM central standard time. And, uh, our sessions will run anywhere from two hours to, I think this last one went like four and a half. Um, but they're all out there, um, on Twitch now, and I'm going to try to save those and maybe eventually put those out on YouTube. So if you guys want to see how the groups evolved and, and things, especially, you know, like with me and our DM bone, this is like kind of our, really our first really good run at it. And so you, you'll see how play styles evolve, how people are getting more comfortable with their characters and actually trying to role play their characters out and developing stories and, and the banter, each session, the banter gets better, the uh, the character development gets better, and so it's it's not always like watching um, someone play a video game like you would typically see on Twitch. It's like watching a, a story evolve, and and um, I think you know there's there's some other shows and things out there that have, have really kind of brought that into the limelight to really kind of segue over into another thing. You know, shows like uh, Critical Role and Harmon Quest that, you know, show why this type of game can be so much fun to tell your own your own story. And speaking of Critical Role and Harmon, Harmon Quest, you're looking at two completely opposite ends of the spectrum, too. Yeah. Harmon Quest is from Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, and he gets celebrity guests and theirs is more funny because you know, a lot of comedy in it, Yeah, but it's still just a lot of fun to watch because they animate the whole thing. It is so Mm -hmm. much fun to watch. And my wife and I love watching that show and that's where we're hoping there's a fourth season. Critical role is probably one of the best D and D games you will ever watch slash slash listen to. They probably have the best DM that's ever been out there. Um, yes. So you know more about him than I do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I came across uh, came across that a while back. Whenever I was 
you know, really inter you know, I don't remember what it was that piqued my my interest in uh, really wanting to get into D and D. It may have been uh, it may have been Stranger Things that like really finally kind of kind of kicked it off. Um, and then I somebody somewhere telling like, well, you, if you if you enjoy that that style of storytelling and you want to watch something really cool then watch Critical Role and I found some episodes on YouTube and stuff and and uh, their DM Matt Mercer is just amazing at, at telling a, a story you can when when he paints a, a picture with words of a scene um, describing how things look like you feel like you're there and you know they set the mood with music and their characters well developed it's uh, it's all um, voice actors that are playing so they're super talented they have these super deep, involved backstories, and, it, and it's not like watching somebody play a game. It's like watching a... You're there. <laughs> like you're there, and you're watching this this fantasy movie play out just a little bit at a time in four-hour chunks over, God, what, 120-something episodes for this God, second I don't game. even know how much it is, but it's, it's massive. It's massive. And it's... Like you start it's, watching, like when I first started watching, like okay, there's this is a four hour chunk to our three hour chunk or whatever it is to watch. Like I'm not gonna sit down and watch all this. I'm like, oh my god, this one episode one's over. Now I gotta go to the second one. Now I gotta go to the third one because you want they tell their stories so well and their characters you get so involved with them that you want to keep watching and you want to you want to hear what what happens next. And that kind of inspired me. Like okay, I want to do this. This looks like fun. I don't know if I can do this as good as they are. I'm pretty confident I cannot, but it's going to be fun to try. You know, there's a lot of improv that, that goes on and um, just playing off each other, and it's just inspiring to watch. If it's if you've ever been interested, if you've never played and you're you're interested or you're just kind of curious of what that world's like, you know, check out Critical Role on, uh, I think you can find all the episodes on YouTube. You can find them watch. anywhere. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> all over the place. And watch a couple, and um, and then then if you, there's anything in you that could possibly be interested in wanting to try to play something like that, that will kick it off. And it's going to set pretty high expectations too. But um, yeah, it's it's a great inspiration and a, and a great source to go and look at and see. Like, okay, this would be something that I'm interested in. Way better than watching my Twitch stream and me trying to fumble through playing as a hill dwarf ranger, which I get. To be fair, there's one of one of the girls in your group has a uh, dwarf fetish. They always hit on you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, my dwarf. God, Bork, okay. So I play a hill dwarf ranger named Borko <laughs> Rackencrack. Uh, I picked Borko because it was a funny playoff. Like my GTA roleplay character was named Bronco McDugan, and when I would mess something up, you know, I'm like, okay, that's not Bronco, that's Borko. I'm like, well, I'm gonna make a and D character named Borko. So I made Borko Ragnarok like a long time ago um, as this just hill dwarf ranger because I had this vision in my head of this little stubby dwarf with a bow strapped to his back carrying a couple of short swords running around thinking like he's like an, you know this tall lanky athletic elf that could do some really cool stuff but he, you know he really can't because he's little and stocky and he's not supposed to be naturally persuasive he's not you know they're not typically charmers and talked about, you know, we talked about those, you know, random successful roles that you can get. And he's had some really good roles on some persuasion checks that 
he had no business being able to do. Like I've, uh, we had uh, <laughs> one of our uh, missions was to go talk to a lady that, um, that was uh, that lived in a windmill and ran like an apothecary type shop, and she was being harassed by this massive beast, which we found out later was a manticore, and we had to try to convince her to come back to town with us, and she didn't want to go, and like, I'm just going to have Borko try to try to seduce the windmill lady, knowing that, you know, he probably should not be able to, you know, my stats didn't, weren't built for that, but I'm like, hell with it, I'm going to try anyway, because it's going to be, like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to fail, it's going to be hilarious, and it'll make the story move along you know I, I i had no anticipation of being able to do that and i i think i rolled a natural 20 or i rolled really good it may have been a nat 20 when i did so you know the that borco seduced the windmill lady and bone was really uncomfortable about it but it was funny watching his reaction and having to go along with it and you know we got to take this pretty windmill lady back to town with me and then that's just kind of became the canon of the group that now Borco tries to seduce everything because he had success one time. And and uh, so, yeah, Borco the seducer. I'm going to make you a We got off on a tangent. That. We, we, we did. Went way, we went way off the, the rails way off, a little bit. This is why we write down talking points. Yeah, so we can we can reel, we reel, it back reel me in. back in because I will yeah. ramble and get yeah. way off track. We both do. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that has helped a lot to bring role-playing to the mainstream has been high-profile celebrities playing this game. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams played a standing game every week. Vin Diesel hosts the session. Um, there is multiple... Will Wheaton, you know, bless him, love Will Wheaton. He plays... He's a constant role player. Um, are you looking up a list to see who plays? I am because I know I'm going to, you know, butcher his name. But you know, uh, Mike Myers, Stephen Colbert. Uh, yeah, you I forgot Colbert, about Stephen Will Colbert. Wheaton, Tom Morello played. Ooh, that's cool. It's going. Does he Vaughn. play a guitarist? I, would, I don't. He probably. Oh, I forgot Vaughn. about Vince Vaughn too. <laughs> I would love to play a session with with Vince Vaughn. Uh, for he should day Tim Duncan. It would be money. Kevin Smith. Okay, so if I could have, if I had a group with Vince Vaughn, let's go through here. Kevin Smith, Vin Diesel, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, he he played on Harmony Quest. Then I think that'd be a that'd be a fun group. Yeah, it would. some people that you expect, like you know, Joss Whedon plays Kurt Schilling. What? Really? Sober enough? Is he sober enough to play? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's the beauty of role playing. You don't have to be sober. And then you have Harmon. So there's, yeah. Um, I wish I could. I should have saved it earlier. I found uh, an article about this group. Uh, they called it like Hollywood, the the Hollywood elite D and D group of just these high profile celebrities and studio execs that get together for sessions regularly. So it's it's becoming more mainstream and kind of like they've, you know, it's not like you, know, you hear uh, Vin Diesel talk about it. And I've, I've seen a few interviews. It's not something that he just started playing in the last couple of years when it became more mainstream and more accepted. Okay. Like he's played since high school. Mm-hmm. You know, he has characters that when he goes, he's, he did an episode with uh, Matt Mercer. Critical um, Role. Call it, with, from Critical Role called D and Diesel. 
where he brought up his, uh, I think it was a witch hunter character. I can't remember the name of the character, but Cal, uh, Cal something, Cal, Cal something, something like that, which I think was an evolution of a character that he had made like when he was in high school that he's carried forward and, and done different versions of and things. So he's, you know, kind of attached to Caldor, Caldor. Cal, yeah. And so he, and he unashamedly talks about playing it and you can see when he plays it, that he just really enjoys it and he's really into it and just loves the storytelling and and that's that's something that you know commented on to a friend of mine earlier today when you watch these people play and especially with, you know with Mercer DMing that they get this look on their face of like a little kid seeing Star Wars for the first time and just in awe of you know they're just sucked in and they're totally into the story and and that's that's part of the beauty of not just D&D but just any good role-playing game is when you can get lost in the story you can get sucked in and uh, immersion 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 is is a big thing with role-playing if you kind of think about it role-playing uh, voice actors are role-playing yeah it's because they have to become these characters they do the voices you know they they become like vin diesel's first like technical real job his real first um, acting job do you know what that was I do not. I really hope you can tell me, though. The Iron Giant. He was the Iron Giant and Iron Giant. Really? Mm-hmm. I did if not you, know that. Now now you're going to go back and listen to that, and you go, oh, my God, that is him. Wow. That was his, technically his first acting job. Did he, like, okay, so with Iron Giant, do you think it started off as, like, a normal Iron Giant, and then he, you know, really, you know, put the, the wrench and the bolts and the, you know, like, really tuned? When they heard his voice. Do? But yeah, the energy's voice like okay, and now he's got some like some nos canisters in the back, and you know he's drifting the giant laser beams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because it's Vin Diesel. I wouldn't mess with him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You want a jetpack? Sure, you get you get a jetpack. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna why not take this Iron Giant from from slow and happy to fast and. Furious. <laughs> That's where I was going with that, and I was really hoping to catch, and I failed miserably. <laughs> I was trying so hard to set you up. For I, that. Figured, I figured you were going there. Uh, you just left awesome. me hanging out there. Like, let's see how long he's going to ramble on about this before he just finally breaks no, down. Keep and says, going. <laughs> now keep going. <laughs> no, no, that um, was it. That's where it ended. So, so um, you know, Kyle kind of talked about his role-playing experience my role-playing experience goes back i played off and on for years um nothing within the last 10 though i would say um but we're bringing you back into the fold <laughs> Woo! i play i started we started off at i want to say we started off with D third edition and then when three five came out that's when it really started getting like much better because three sucked um so I want to say that's when we did. I've always played a paladin too, just because I think they're fun. It's fun to be the noble guy who's just like batshit crazy mm-hmm. because of his, you know, fanaticism to his religion. Um, so that was always fun. And I always played from like the blade fist family. So there'd be different characters, but they'd always have a blade fist, you know, they'd be nobles. Um, Fast forward to my good friend Jason Michaels' campaign. He was DMing for us. 
it was in the Ravenloft universe. Ravenloft is the horror universe of the Dungeons and Dragons world. I don't think they make it anymore. They might have brought it back. I don't know. But Ravenloft is vampires, werewolves, zombies, like, you know, the, all that's in D&D. But this was an entire universe that was set. Um, if you've watched the Castlevania Netflix show, it's very similar to that. That was Ravenloft. It's like dark and gritty and. And every, yeah, and there's no happiness there. Like everything has a blood tint to it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it's what exactly what it is, and you always have like blood rage and everything else. So we're playing, and we wake up in this castle, and you know the time goes on. We're trying to find our way out of the castle, and eventually we stumble our way into this room after you know like session after session and we find this baby and my my character being the noble paladin that he is you know, you know we can't leave this child we need to take it so we end up taking the baby and the minute we take it the the alarm sound and i'm sure someone in our group will probably correct me on this it may not have gone down exactly like this because this was 20 years ago but to the best of my knowledge, this is exactly how it went. So they're fighting off this undead army that's going after us. This And then, you know, part of it army. There's archers, you know, shooting after us. And my paladin, most paladins have a skill proficiency, a writing proficiency with horse. I don't think you have to have that anymore. I think that's built in now, but you used to have to have the writing proficiency. And I had a really, really high writing proficiency with the horse. Um, I made sure I put a lot of points into that. And I think everyone probably knows where this is going at this point now. So I'm riding with the baby. You can't ride with a baby holding onto a baby. So I strap the baby in my backpack, put the baby in my backpack and I'm riding along and, you know, arrows are flying and I'm weaving and our DM says, okay, you need to roll for, you know, roll for your skill check. Um, cool. I've been rolling really good roll roll to one critical fail he goes uh uh and look a divine hand comes down roll it again uh because you didn't want this critical failure at the time not with the baby on my back i roll again roll to one again i told you when you roll crap you start rolling like crap mm-hmm Nothing we could do at that point. So he goes, okay, so the horse rears up because an arrow lands in front of it and you fall backwards. Well, when a knight with full plate male armor falls backwards with a baby, newborn baby in its backpack, it tends to not end well for the baby. Oh. And all of a sudden, that the, our, uh, DM put down the screen, started reading, and we're like, you know, what the hell's going on? Apparently, the baby, he goes, well, let me tell you what's going on. You guys traveled back in time. What happened? This is a this is a time traveling campaign. You guys have traveled back in time. That baby was blah, 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 so-and-so, Lord, you know, so-and-so count. 
he is the main bad guy in the entire Ravenloft series. He's the main vampire. He's the Lord. He's the Dracula. You just killed him before he became a vampire. So you won. We won. That was the end of the campaign. I single-handedly ruined this massive campaign by rolling a one twice. And that was the end of it. So did I feel like crap? Absolutely. Did I think it's funny 20 years later? Absolutely not. I still feel terrible about this because my <laughs> friends would still bring it up. And what Kyle was saying earlier, how you'll talk about the really bad bad stuff that happens more than like you just breeze through it this is one of the things that still gets brought up how i ruined the campaign for everyone so i mean i ruined my kids lives right now so yeah. you what's just, another you, thing? Rave, you did a ravenloft speed run is really all it was i really did i was it was practice yeah <laughs> and then you know we we played a, a lot of shadow run shadow run was so much fun that's a very cyberpunk uh, magic meets technology future. And that one is so much fun to play because um, you have hackers and um, we played Star Wars and I played a tongue-tied engineer who was good at repairing droids. He, he always had this one droid with him. It was the disco droid. What it did, it didn't do anything, but it just played music and it would spin and do lots of uh, lights. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's had some electrical powers. But he had illusions of grandeur of building a droid army to take over the entire universe. This is well before episodes one, two, and three, before this was even a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he'd always mumble to himself while he's helping out the group. I'll kill you all and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was just, <laughs> it was just a good time. Like, my guy ended up taking one of our characters. He was a kid. A kid was a playable character with a pet. I took the kid's pet. We were trying to get into this this base and uh, strapped thermal detonators to the to the pet, and we activated them and threw them over the wall. And we were able to get in from there because I destroyed the kid's pet with a thermal detonator. I think it was two of them. <laughs> you can't make a cake without breaking a few eggs or a few kids. Prized possession. Prized you know, that that's the kind of man I am. Well, that, you were committed to the character, though. I, I was committed to something. Or something, yeah. But you something, played it through. I was committed to something, yeah. dude. I, I did. We played it through. And that's the whole point. When you start a character, you got to commit to it. Unless you die. Then you can commit to a new character. Or you kill the big bad guy. Or you kill the big the bad guy, guy. <laughs> and you ruin the campaign he, for five months. He's just a wee little bad guy. He's just a he, him, just a little fella. He's just a little evil villain. So uh, let's move on from that one. <laughs> you opened that wound. I didn't. Yeah, I really did. Um, I like putting lemon in my wounds. Um, so there are different kinds of. We briefly touched on this. We'll. We'll delve a little bit deeper into this. Just like I said, this is kind of a high overview. Um, but you have um, the different types of RPGs, like miniatures, for example. Yeah. Um, the Probably the biggest miniature game that I can think of to date is Warhammer 40K. You have different factions. It's a big, big industry. You buy these massive pieces. And the thing with the Warhammer um, genre is these figures they're 
gray. They're metal figures that are gray. You have to paint these. So mm -hmm. if you Google Warhammer 40K characters or um, miniatures, just go look at some of these pictures. And these are hand painted by people with like uh, the finest horse tailed paintbrush you can find. And it is just amazing. It takes hours and hours of skill. This has become big business. People will actually paint these to sell to people or do custom paint jobs for people. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. D&D. Um, D&D is played with miniatures. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not. Um, do you know why? Yes, of course you know why. Why don't you tell people why? Well, just the... Well, I mean, a lot of it comes back from the history of the the actual wargaming side of it, because mm -hmm. wargaming was played with miniatures. You had your units and stuff out on the table. Um, you know, we're naturally visually people. You know, that helps to... You mean, exactly you, you can play. You can do your your battles without miniatures and without, you know, at least in D&D. I've never played Warhammer, and I'm going to assume you probably can't. Or you probably could. But you... Uh, there's something about, you know, setting the scene and having your miniatures and stuff out that it, it, it evokes this... The cool thing, you know, of, of back to your childhood when you pull out your GI Joes and stuff, and your little green army men, and you would set them up to to battle. That that visual representation of what you're doing is, is cool. And then you have you know something personal. You know, there's um, there's a website called uh, Hero Forge, uh, HeroForge.com. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I forgot about Hero Forge. That you can uh, design and print your own miniature. So if you're if you're playing, uh, you know, some of these campaigns can go on for years. You know, you, you have a character that you're committed to that you really, you know, you've committed time and you, you're invested in this character. You want, you maybe want something a little bit more personal uh, when you're sitting at the table. And, you know, I put Borco down on the table in real life and I've got this miniature that I designed to look like him and carry his, uh, his bow and his short swords and stuff. And uh, it, it adds a little personal touch to it from your character side. And then from the group play side, everybody can kind of see everything. You know, it helps you. Um, visualize your, especially like in battles and things, to uh, help you, you know, visualize and and come up with a strategy as a group on how to tack, tackle different, um, either battles or situations and stuff, and it 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 just makes it that much more fun. It's it like Kyle saying, it's just it's the visual aspect. It's it helps a lot. It really does. Okay, I went to Hero Forge. I didn't even know about this. This is actually kind of awesome. Yeah, you're getting ready to lose a whole bunch of time <clears throat> down that rabbit hole, buddy. If you get there? Yeah. Holy jeez, there's a lot of characters you can make. Yep. Uh, you can be an elephant? <laughs> it was just about anything you can think of that... Yeah, Hero Forge is awesome. And, you know, this is uh, not a paid endorsement to Hero Forge at all. But it's, you know, if you I, guys never want to pay us, we will. Yeah, we'll totally take the money. Um, yeah, we're we're not above that. But <laughs> that <laughs> you can lose this a lot of time. I mean, I've I've created. I still haven't ordered anything from there. I want to order my Bronco uh, character from that I, I made for D and D or for a GTA RP, just so I can have him sitting on my shelf somewhere. But I'd also like to have Borco, and um, it's just. A cool little thing to make these little, I think they're like three, three and a half inches tall. Um, Except for the XL ones. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's the big, big ones. Um, you know, you can just spend a lot of time just sit, sitting on that website designing your miniature. It's so much fun. I'll order one eventually. but uh, I might order one. Yeah. 
You're gonna, you're gonna lose a lot of time playing with that. Okay, I gotta get off this so we can get back to the podcast. As soon as I brought it I'm up, like, we'll I'm talk like, about I that could, after show. Yeah, I could ride on a wolf. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I got. Yeah, I'm off. Um. Star Wars has a really big miniatures game where you can position the ships. I think it's called Armada. I could be wrong. They've had a couple of iterations, right. but it's really cool. Um, especially if you've ever wanted to command, you know, uh, Imperial Star Destroyer or a TIE Fighter or an X-Wing. You know, there's just all sorts of stuff. Um, Kyle went over the board games already. Um, mm-hmm. There's as many board games, board games, um, I had a nip earlier when I had a drink um, board games. Um, you may may or may. Okay. I'm going to take a drink of water here. <laughs> you get there. Okay. You may or may not have known, but cyberpunk 2020 actually started off as a um, tabletop game. I think 2020 was the board game. I think 2077 yep. is the video. It's the table. It's the video. The year. Top. Or was it mostly pen and paper? But it was. It started off as a. Uh, or no, it didn't have a. Yeah, it was Cyber Cyberpunk twenty twenty was the tabletop game. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is the video. Yeah, uh, is the video game. It's you know same universe and all that. But I'd like to play. Right. I'd like to play twenty twenty. Um. Oh, let's play it. Um. Shut. Sh- we should do a shadow run too. Um. Mm-hmm. There, there's. There is just go into your local comic shop. Oh, I can't stress this enough. Go into your local comic shop, you know, when there's not a pandemic and it's safe to do mm-hmm. so. You know, most of them are very safe because nerds are used to social distancing anyway. Yeah. Mostly because they won't get near each other. Or no one else will either. Um, but go support them. Like, introduce someone to it because they have so much material in there that you may not have even known about and a wealth of knowledge if you're even interested in it. Um, so it's really cool. Um, computer games. Kyle went over a lot of the computer games. Mm-hmm. Um, Borderlands is another one that I can think of. Um, Borderlands is, is, I wonder if there's a Borderlands tabletop. That'd be awesome. I know there's a Fallout tabletop. Um, Which, Skyrim that would be fun. D&D. Right. Um, but, you know, all, you know, Final Fantasy, anything like I said, anything that has um, character building and loadouts and skill trees and things that they, they trace their roots back to um, the pen and paper and dice system. Everything's random chance, you know. It's just the computer rolling the dice for you. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's what for me makes it a lot more exciting. Is the with the computer game, it's a set of codes. You know, mm-hmm. there's possibilities, but it's always going to be the same set of possibilities right? with, with the pen and paper or, or like the system you're using right now online. Yeah. Um, you're playing with real players who have their own way of thinking. They have their own method. So it's never going to be the same. It's just going to, it's going to be very interesting every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, you, that, you that to me is the advantage. Choices. <laughs> so, or you and, could if the DM makes you write it out and then you have to hand out dialogue choices. Well, yeah. But you can't press X to skip dialogue. Tell your kids that. No, you can't. Not, not like my daughter. No. Um, I think we remember that from last episode. And then there is one we did not talk about, and we're not going to go really into depth because that's its own thing, too. 
Hmm. And that's LARPing. Do you know what LARP stands for? Live action role play. What uh, is LARPing, sir? So LARPing is something that I've never done. I've, I've seen some stuff on it and actually seen some people doing it in a park one time. Um, is uh, basically you know, taking what you would be doing in those tabletop and pen and paper games and, and acting it out in person. You know, and I, I would argue that, you know, the... The, okay, well, I'll get to that. The, uh, the, <laughs> the the image that most people would have of, of uh, people LARPing or, you know, uh, a bunch of nerds running around in the park in robes and in hand-fashioned armor and throwing Ilf. lots of papers as, you know, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. and Ill-fitting uh, robes. Mm-hmm. But um, I would actually argue that, you know, like Civil War reenactments and things like that would... I think fits the definition of uh, live action role play. Um, Good point, you're, sir. You're playing a role. There's a Vietnam reenactment role players. Vien, Vien, Vietnam reenactment role players. There's actually a place I can't remember where it's at. It's here in Oklahoma. Uh, they do uh, Oklahoma D Day where they reenact the invasion of Normandy as uh, through paintball. I would absolutely uh, call that LARPing. I would call that LARPing. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would tell them that they're on site because I've been shot with paintballs and it sucks and they may turn on you. But, <laughs> I'll do um, it during I, an online chat form though. Damn it. Yeah, you LARPing sons of bitches. Don't even, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, anything where you're, you're playing out a role. I mean, that's, you know, the, like I said, the civil war reenacting, you got people there, they go f- full out with the costumes and the, the, you know, their camps and the authentic food and stuff. It, I think that all fits the definition. Prove I, me I wrong. Agree. Prove, Prove me him wrong. wrong. Change, I'm sitting at the desk with a sign. Change my mind. You're not going to be able Put, to. Post, post it on our uh, Facebook or somewhere or on, you know, you can tweet us out at it or come to our Discord channel and argue with him. Change his mind. Change my mind that Civil War reenactment is yeehaw LARPing. Change my mind. <laughs> so now... What's funny is RPG has, like we were talking about, has gained a whole new following, and this has spawned its own following in places like Japan. Um, Because now there's actually anime, uh, anime, which is the Japanese animation, which we'll be going over in episodes, where you get trapped in the RPG. Um, Well, there's there's a couple facets. Uh, We'll go over that. Um. So the three different kinds, in my opinion, um, the first would be the ones where they become trapped and within the RPG, like they fall asleep or something happens and the server is supposed to shut down. And then all of a sudden they wake up and they're in the role playing game. Um, Link start. Link th- thank you. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, I had to get some nerd crate in somewhere. So one of those would be... Um, Erifurta, I, I can't pronounce the right one, from Commonplace to World's Strongest, which was from last year, I think. It was great. Log Horizon, which is one of my favorites. Overlord, which is kind of turned it on its head because usually you wake up as the hero. And Overlord, this guy, there's been three seasons. Um, he woke up. He played the bad guy in the game. They were, yeah. um, they were part of the undead, basically, the evil. And he stayed that way. So that 
that kind of turned its head on everything. So that that one was really cool. What else can you think of that it's that would fit that? Uh, well, these would be the. I'm not familiar with those. I want to watch Overlord now after that explanation. Overlord's awesome. Um, ones I'm familiar with would be uh, uh, the the Sao series Sword Art Online. Uh, you know, Sword Art One, Sword Art Two, Gun Gale. Uh, I haven't watched the newest. What's the newest? Uh, um, uh, Rise. It's well, the latest one was Alicization. Yeah, that. I haven't watched that yet, but Sword Art was that really one's cool. Fun. Um, taking you know with the popularity of VR and this you know uh, these group of players that um, played a, a, a massive multiplayer online RPG MMORPG online through VR where they're they're stuck in the world and they cannot disconnect or they die in real life and if they die in the game they die in real life and the only way out of the game is to you know basically beat the game um, really really cool series um, we we can do episodes and episodes and episodes on sword art if we wanted to and um it's a very in-depth series I, I would say if you're that would be a great one to jump off into if you're looking for this type of anime to get into uh, sword art is a great stepping stone that's where you know i start with this now it looks like i'm going to be watching overlord and log horizon and the one that chris can't pronounce <laughs> they're really good um more homework let me put it on my list over here yeah there's Another, the uh, second genre is where they play the anime. They don't wake up inside of it, but um, Bofer, Bofery, Bofery, I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. That was from summer season, I want to say. Um, she wanted to play. Uh, it's a VR game with her friend. Her friend couldn't be there, so she didn't know what to do, so she started maxing out all her points and vitality for defense she can log out anytime she wants and that's what she does. So she's not actually trapped in there. This is about her playing the role playing game. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny because it's the DMS keep having to nerf the game to nerf her and she ends up getting stronger. So it's, it's, it's a fun one to watch. It really is. I'm hoping there's a season two. Um, What's the third one. The third one you have is, is role playing. And uh, do you know either I, of these? I do not know. That's what I'm looking at. You have Hack. Dot Hack. And, dot Hack and Record of Lodos War. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either one of those. So Dot Hack has is, has a pretty huge following. It's There's a lot of PlayStation games based off of it. Um, I've seen those. Okay. There's like Dot Hack Slash, Dot Hack Code, stuff like that. I think it was Dot Hack Code. Um, but it's actually role-playing. You're the you know, you're role-playing the role-playing character record of Lodos war is an older one, but it's one of my favorites. I've, I've got it on Blu-ray now. Um, and it's on the Funimation app record of Lodos war is, adding that to um, <laughs> is, um, it's dungeons and dragons. Oh, okay. the hero is the warrior. Deedlet is the high elf. Uh, Archer. You have uh, Woodchuck, the rogue. You've got, I want to say his name, Gimli. I can't remember. He's, you got a dwarf. You've got a mage. Um, they're hunting a dragon. Um, it's D&D. At, it's completely D&D, but it's a great, it's a very, very in-depth one. 
So that's just a couple examples. Like I said, there's a lot more that I'm sure that I missed. And we'll go over those later, but we just wanted to kind of introduce you to the world of role playing. And, you know, I, I hope you've gotten something from this and a better understanding. So like if one of your kids comes up to you and says, Hey, I'm going to role play, you know, you can at least shock them by saying, you know, a little bit something about what they're talking about and not mm -hmm. think that it's like, like a devil's thing or, you yeah. know, you're again, drinking canines blood. Yeah. It's just a, it's a great vessel for spurring um, imagination and creativity and, um, uh, you know, I would say, especially with the tabletops, great social activity for, um, you know, if your kids or you yourself are a little bit introverted, you know, there's plenty of like-minded people that, I mean, there's, there's people looking for groups all the damn time. Um, you know, I'm part of a group on Facebook that, uh, it's a, you know, Oklahoma D and D group that I would say that's 90% of the posts is somebody just trying to find somebody to play with. And, uh, you know, most of the time I think your, your group's pretty accepting and, you know, once all this is over, the pandemic side and being able to get together socially and stuff. It's a great, ac great activity, um, to, to get into just really work your mind and, and think about, you know, there's, you know, for the kids, there's problem solving and, um, it's, it's a great thing. You know, my, my kids are starting to get into it a little bit. Um, with the, I think it's called hero kids is like a kid version of D and D and, you know, I, I would say if, if they show any little bit of interest in it, you know, encourage it. Don't discourage it because there's a lot of really cool things that could could come from that. I agree. And I think one of the biggest things that you're going to find from this is conflict resolution. I say this because you're always going to have that one asshole in your party who charges headfirst through traps and anything <laughs> else. The Leroy Jenkins Leroy of your great Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> you're always going to have the Leroy Jenkins in your group and you're going to have to learn how to get along with them. Yep. If you don't have a Leroy Jenkins, then damn it, you're Leroy Jenkins. And you need to do some, some self-reflection and really think about how you're affecting the group. <laughs> you're Leroy Jenkins. Damn it. Go get some chicken. Yeah. I think if Borko you don't understand that, go look no, it up. Think, uh, I'm starting to think Borco might be Leroy now. I think, I think <laughs> I Borco think, might be Leroy. I think Borco is Leroy of your group. You're the yeah. asshole. That's fine. That's fine. Well, is props woke back up. Ah, Kuzas is back, so we got Kuzas can feel the Leroy role now. So if he Leroy. ever finds his way back to you guys, he he made it back last week. Did he? Yeah, Kuzas is back. Well, yeah, good. Part. He woke up in the tavern and he drug his ass back down to the dwarf ruins. Good. He's good. He's hung over <laughs> He's a little bit. And Borco gets to give him shit about not being able to hold his drink. and So it's fun. Even better. Mm -hmm. So now is the time on the show we call Nerdrome. Two what? nerds enter, one nerd leaves. Then a little bit later, the other nerd leaves. But he's sad because he lost. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> This is the part where we have a list of random characters, random locations, and random scenarios. In the battle, we don't know any of this information except what we put into the generator. And then we, we have, have to, to yep, go ahead. Yeah, defend our picks and then decide who wins. So this is, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. If you didn't go back, listen to that. But you made it this far, so finish this out first. Then go back and listen to the other one. If you made it this far, please finish this out because we're like nearing the end. Bear with us. 
but uh, we're we're taking the traditional idea of the uh, the nerd the nerdy uh, conversation you have about who would win in a fight between you know Batman and and Superman that people hash out to death all the time, but we're just doing this a little bit better because we're putting our twist on it and making it a little bit more fun with random uh, characters from pop and nerd culture. Um, giving them random locations to fight in that aren't your typical locations and definitely not your typical activities of just kicking each other's ass. We have some more fun stuff in there, so uh, Chris will get a random character, I'll get a random character, and uh, we'll have to defend our choices, and we're going to this completely blind, so I just really hope I get somebody that I know. Well, and I just realized we need to have in the uh, Discord channel a um, nerd drum where people can... Vote. Put who they yeah their vote yeah we need to put that too. I'm pretty sure Zoidberg won last week, so we don't I have am, the, the results of the last one. We need people to weigh in, so we'll create that this week. Yep, I am fairly certain Zoidberg did not win, but we'll go on from there. All right, you can see my screen. Okay, who's is this for me or for you? Uh, I went first last week, I believe. So you go first this week. Okay, if it's somebody I don't know, I want to respin, but go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, and I get... Damn it! No! Megat- Megatron. Okay. Okay, can no. I Megatron? Yes, you I can work... I- well, it depends what it is. But I no! Can- you got a giant robot of death. A death-dealing robot. <sighs> okay, I can I can think I can work with Megatron. Alright, my go. No! Bobby Hill! Okay, well, it depends <sighs> on the activity, though. That's true, too, but... This is already gearing up to be not a great battle. <laughs> I know. I just have high-level transformer knowledge, but we'll we'll see what we can do here. All right, the location. Challenge Temple. Are we in the temple? Um, I don't think it really specifies, so it could go from in or out. Okay. I mean, we might want to put that for next week. Challenge Temple inside, Challenge Temple outside. Oh, we'll go with it. We'll just we'll just okay. say the the general temple area. So okay. Megatron versus Bobby Hill in a Shaolin temple doing what? <laughs> Damn it! Chris's choice. That's fine. That's fine. Chris's choice. My choice. My choice would be. Let's see. And we never actually specified it. I think our choices have to be from this wheel, though. It, wouldn't you say from the list of choices? Yeah. OK. OK. I don't think tug of war would be a really good choice for me. That'd be a really short battle. That would be a very short battle. Um. I would say Megatron versus Bobby Hill in the Shaolin Temple. Baking a cake. We did baking a cake last week. But I have the advantage if I do that. Um, How about... I mean, if you really want to do that. No, let's do... You're right, we did that last week. Let's let's kind of make this fair for both of them. Even though it's my choice and I can get the advantage, I'll wait till we get later in the series to get a real advantage. 
Okay. How about we do... God, this is tough because we have so many options. Fallout style survival. I can do that. So we're going to say, we're saying like the Shaolin Temple is basically like a post nuclear fallout oh, yes, yes. environment. Yes. Easy peasy. Um, I went first last time, so you go first this time. Okay. Bobby Hill. What can we say about Bobby Hill except he is the apple of his mother's eye and the thorn in his dad's side? Not because he's a bad kid. Bobby is actually a very good kid. But because Bobby is different from Hank in many ways. Hank is, you know, the supposed manly man, uh, grilling and propane and outdoor in NASCAR. Bobby has more intermediate knowledge of everyday life, such as when he picked up the good housekeeping and he learned how to make stuff, how to, he repaired Hank's jeans that Peggy ruined. That would come in great handy for a survival type scenario where Bobby is able to repair clothing. He can, you know, if he finds some old magazines, he can say, oh, we could do this. Look, we found this rotten wolf meat. Hello, Sunday roast. We can do all sorts of stuff with this. Bobby is charismatic. He would find other survivors and bring them over to their side, therefore increasing their chances of survivability. That's why I think Bobby, all those reasons above, I think Bobby would win this Fallout-style survival, and he would be a survivor. Okay. Ingenuity. 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 And so, what are you talking about? I'm going with, I mean, we have a, a post-nuclear survival situation. There's going to be radiation. There's going to be toxic waste. There's going to be just a very, you know, inhospitable environment in general. Um, I mean, Megatron's like an interstellar traveling being. I don't think I've ever seen... You know, a, a Transformer, Decepticon, anything, eat anything. So, food survival, sold right there. Radioactive environment survival, easy peasy right there. I mean, he's got his damn blaster arm to fight off any mutated creatures way better than Bobby could. I mean, if this is, if this, if this is like a Fallout-style environment, even in the Shaolin Temple, that temple is not going to ward off a Deathclaw from coming in and slicing Bobby's face off. He's screwed. He's going to cower in the corner. He's going to hide. Megatron's just going to blast it right in the face. Game over. He's going to be able to fight off anything that comes. He's not going to have to worry about food. He's not going to have to worry about water. He's a survivor. I mean, he kind of worked his way up through the ranks, if uh, if I understand this correctly, as, you know, he was kind of a lowly worker. So he's he's a survivor, and he's he's got, you know, fortitude. He He's got a lot of self-determination. He's very goal-oriented, Okay. If anything, Megatron is super, <laughs> super goal-oriented. Whether goal it be survival in a post-nuclear apocalypse or, you know, trans-world domination. I'm, I'm throwing my head in that uh, Megatron has it. I forgot to mention, Bobby did survive being in the hole for a couple of days that Cotton threw him in. So Bobby's been preparing for this. You know what? Damn it. Bobby's still been preparing for this. Cotton didn't have no shins. He 
He killed 50 men. 50 men. He killed 50 men. 50 men. <laughs> All right. Who won? Put it out there. We'll, um, we should probably put a link to the Discord in the, the YouTube description so you guys can go out, join the Discord, and vote. We'll have the, the poll up there eventually. It is Before on, somehow. the link is on our um, Anchor mm-hmm. uh, link, and it's, I think it's on Spotify now, too. So the links are out there, too. Um, yeah, we'll put them up on the uh, YouTube and yep. Facebook. So the, the Discord uh, is, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's it's kind of a like a, uh, like a chat room on steroids, basically. Um, it's uh, this... Uh, our Discord server itself is very community-oriented. We want you guys to get in there and share the things that that you enjoy and that you find nerdy and connect with other people. Um, you know, we can you know talk with us directly about the show, what you like, what you didn't like, vote on the nerd drone battles, um, topics that you may find interesting. Um, you know, and it's going to help us find experts in fields that we want to talk about down the road. But and just really help everybody kind of connect and, and meet each other and start talking. And, and, you know, a lot of the people that we talk about uh, on the show and that we'll have on the show eventually and some of our guests, they'll be in there. And, and so give everybody a you know, really good chance just to interact and, and uh, uh, really build a community around the, the vision that we have, have uh, uh, for this show, you know, beyond just being a, a podcast for us to kill some time on Sunday nights. So. Come join us. Feel free. Come join us. Please join us. Be our friends. <laughs> please, please be our friends. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle, what are you watching or reading this week? Okay, so I did catch up on a large portion of my homework. Um, I This week I watched uh, some more Cowboy Bebop. I think I'm about a quarter of the way, a little bit more through the series now. Yep. Things are starting to fall together to make a little bit more sense. Um, like you said, it's nothing but uphill from where I left off last time. I watched Rad last night you so kind of watched red i totally watched red well okay i riffed all the way through red thank you yeah i mean it's such a riffable movie but you can get off is, my ass on that one now because i watched it, it. is but it's amazing because aunt becky's in it and the six minute bmx intro it's just i'm sitting there watching that and i'm like the scene where uh, Crew's mom is on his ass about him. You need to go to college and you need to take your SAT and you can't skip that. That's your future. Yeah. I'm thinking Lori Laughlin's right there. She can help him get into college. Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. That's all he's... He's just gonna, he's gonna talk to future Aunt Becky. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> So easy to get in. We're, we'll talk about that at one point in time, but yeah, I think... Like, too soon? Yeah, too soon? Not too soon. Not too Not soon. Too soon. I Not mean, 13 months too soon. Yeah, I mean, if I had to had to think about like a short description of it, it would be you know, 34 year old high school senior crew has a vision of becoming a professional BMX rider, and for some reason mongoose and shoots their Goose little poda, their little poda. Do you think the sales of mongoose bikes like plummeted? After that movie, do you think that had like a negative effect on that? Because they weren't portrayed in the up. best light. Really? They were. Yeah, no, because you sure people you were like remember, these guys are assholes. We don't want to buy BMX was them. huge during this time frame. Right. Huge. But okay, I'm just to concede to that. Rad's amazing. Like I love 
Bill Allen, who played crew, like that is one of my all time favorite movies. I own every copy that is digital. I own the bootleg copies. I was one of the guys who petitioned to have it on Blu-ray. I've got two copies of the 4k one. I am keeping unopened one. I opened to watch. Do you have, you have one, uh, collector, like the one you don't take out of the package, like that stays. That's exactly, that's exactly that, it. That doesn't. Leave. I ordered two. Okay. So, uh, you probably know this. I'm like, I'm going to guess you know this. So, um, the main antagonist, you know, Bart, uh, Bart, um, what was his last name in the Bart, movie? Bart was it? It's I get him. I get it. Bart Taylor. With this real name. Bart Taylor. In the oh, movie. okay. Well, that's where I was going to go. I didn't know. Like Bart was played by. Bart, like he looked By like Bart a Bart Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that guy is totally a Bart. I wonder who plays him. Look it up. Also a Bart. Okay, so that makes sense. You know, they're just the, these awesome '80s names in the movie. So yeah, I'm, I marked that off the list. And I also watched Legend and some Mystery amazing. Science Theater. Legend was was great. I want to get my my kiddo to watch that. So that was I had thought I'd seen it. Like I had swore up and down that I had bought, and I probably may have when I was like way younger. Um, but it was like watching it all new. So maybe I hadn't seen it. But I did watch Legend last night, and that was great. And then, um, you know, just to, to, because I have to at least once, once a month, I watched uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Watched the Space Mutiny episode. So, so little known fact: Bart Connor mm-hmm. played Bart Taylor in the movie. Bart yep. Connor was an Olympic gold medalist. He's married to Nadia. I think it's Nadia Comaneci. Really. They live in Norman. Back when Tosh, um, my wife and I lived in Norman, they ha- they own a gymnastics academy there. So small world. I mean, I've never meet, met them, but I've seen. I remember seeing them around town. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's did, it's did really you fanboy cool. out. Did you did you retain? Absolutely, you absolutely. <laughs> um, he's another one I really want to meet and talk to. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was awesome. So, um, and the mom and, and rad was, uh, she, I can't remember her actual real name, but she played, uh, Adrian in the mm-hmm. Rocky movie. What was her name? It's like Tala, she, Talala Shire. Talia, Talia Shire. Shire. Yeah. Something like that. Talia Shire. Yep, Talia yeah, Shire. She, she played a mom that was the same age as her son, which was really brave of her to do in that. <laughs> And Ray Ray Walston was in it, who you remember as the judge from Picket Fences and a slew of the other movies. Rad is just awesome. It's rad. It's rad. It's okay. totally it's a totally radical movie. What the main one I watched this week, there's been a couple, but the main one I watched this week was the Doctor Who Christmas special, the holiday special. Okay. Finally got caught up with that. Um it was amazing. It really was. It brought back kind of the heart of the show. Um, not going to give away any spoilers, but there's old faces that return. Um, it was just, it, it was just extremely well written, and it it brings back the feel of Doctor Who for me. And it was it was probably up there and probably my fo- top five favorite Doctor Who's so far. Just it was just well written, so it was a lot of fun. And then um, Jody Whittaker, the current Doctor, the first female Doctor, you know, announced soon after she this will be her last season coming up. So 
<clears throat> they're having to rewrite for reincarnation or uh, regeneration, not reincarnation, regeneration. So she's doing the typical Doctor Who thing where they they're around for three seasons and then they become a new doctor. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if she becomes a ginger this time, like she's always wanted to be or a man ginger or another female ginger or just whatever. It was, it was a lot of fun though. Uh, what did you learn this? So there's what you've watched something new mm -hmm. you learned this week. So something new I learned this week. There were three songs written about Dave Coulier. What are those three songs? So, um, Kyle and I discussed was, this earlier this week. One was, <laughs> you know, every I think everybody knows is, you know, if they don't know, then you ought to know what the song was. <laughs> Should I? You well, leave it at that? I had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, you ought to know by uh, Alanis Morissette, which I think almost everybody knows. That's about Dave, and she confirmed that too, mm -hmm. right? And yep. then the two I didn't know until Chris brought this up to me was "No Scrubs" by TLC, mm -hmm. because apparently, what was the story <laughs> like? <laughs> him he, he, and Stamos were like in a yeah. convertible. They're cruising by. Yep, <clears throat> they're like, cruising by. <laughs> And Chili and T-Boz were walking down the street. And Coulier, I guess, started hollering at him out the window, leaning out the window, hollering at him. And what was it the what was it that they said? T-Boz? Uh, what did she say? I wish I should have had the article up and ready. I had it out there and you made me delete <clears throat> from because I shared um, it with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, one um one of the things that they said was they he is so lucky that left eye isn't here because oh yes but what she, was the other part the funny part uh, yeah she would have fucked him up oh what was it here i'm gonna find when you talk about the third song i want to find that quote okay the third one was the most interesting to me because you would not have guessed this that would have been the 2000s, I think. Um, Hit 'em up style by Blue Cantrell. Hit 'em up style is based off of, it was written about Dave Coulier. So Dave Coulier was quite the, uh, quite Dave. the holla. Mm -hmm. He's quite the holla because it's let me holla, let me holla. Here's what uh, here's what T. Boz said about about uh, Dave at the window just yelling. It's like. So yeah, he flexed on us, but out of respect for our Canadian queen, we didn't give him the time of day. He was lucky Left Eye wasn't with us that day, that's for damn sure. And he's what did they say? Something about he was talking in some damn chipmunk voice or squirrel voice? Yeah, like he was... Uh, where was it here? Pastor Carr. Woodchuck. Yeah, he was using, me. What was his... What, what was that character's name? I mean, what, what did he call... Uh, Woody Woodchuck, maybe, or something like that. I think it was Woody you Woody, know, yeah. fast as fast can be. Using that voice to hit on two-thirds of TLC. Which like, is amazing. But where do you think... I mean, like, I get, you know, I mean, shooters got to shoot. You know, you got to throw it out there and... <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I just... The guy has the biggest balls of anyone. 
mm-hmm. and got three songs written about him, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> Dave Coulier, we, yeah, we, 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 we salute, salute you. you. Yeah, I mean, play your game, man. You got it. What have you learned this week? And so I learned uh, through my research on um, uh, doing my uh, my D and D research and about the history and stuff that you know from the 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 white box you know what they call it the the uh, the very very first iteration of Dungeons and Dragons that uh, Gary and Dave were were uh, uh, you know a little bit of, a little, little bit of perverse there like I saw some of the the artwork from the books and things and. And uh, there's a lot of boobs, like a whole lot of boobs in those, you know, they're crudely drawn boobs. It looked like stuff like, you know, if you're in eighth grade math class, you're in algebra and you're not really paying attention. And you're just drawing like band names and stuff and that weird S thing that everybody made. Like, I'm just going to make a Medusa that's where it was. With, with giant boobs. Like that was like the art in the books. And I mean, I think that's, you know, amazing. I'd like to get a hold of one of those. You know, I'm sure there's super collector's editions. You can't find them. But yeah, there's like. They weren't thinking about, you know, the marketability of. There's like we're just going to throw some boobs in here and uh, nerds will eat this up, and they did. Well, so, know your audience. Know your and audience. They, and they did. They did. Actually, had to cover them up. Wait, let's turn the page. Ooh, it's boobs. <laughs> roll a twenty. Just got roll, them out. roll a d twenty. <laughs> oh, I just hit my head on my microphone. You Laughing. should not do that, sir. You should not do that. So next week will be a very special episode. Well, at least to Kyle and I. I'm so excited. Um, Kyle, what episode are we doing, sir? We are going to be covering the fabulous and wonderful world of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Probably one of the greatest shows ever produced and where just ever it'll be hot merging action and because we're on a collision course to wackiness if you watch my the show you'll understand that so <laughs> oh calgon take me away <laughs> uh, one of the most um, quotable yeah we, 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 we i don't want to burn all of it out right now no 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 <laughs> we won't we have a lot and we will have a special guest with us mr justin will be joining us he is a huge misty so mm-hmm. um that'll be a that'll be a really good episode i think well not they're all good episodes damn it if yeah, you tell me all, otherwise i'll argue with you yeah. on the keyboard all, all the two internet. of our episodes have been great including this one but this next one coming up oh you're talking about mystery science here never mind mystery science theater, <laughs> yep <laughs> Not All us. Two of them. We're not. We're not. We're not, not <laughs> no, no. Here. And 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 again, uh, I will argue with you over the internet. But if you tell me how much our show sucks in real life, I'll probably go. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right, and kind of uh, mm-hmm. run off to my corner. Eh. That's what I do. It's fine. So it's fine. We don't need well, you to love us. Please love us. <laughs> please love us. Look yeah. at us. <laughs> Well, thank you guys we for making love. it this far, for sure. Uh, we really appreciate listen you. through all this and through the commercials. We would, you know, like to thank our sponsor. Um, Harry's a great man, such a great, man. great man. We love you, Harry. Yeah. And we'll see you so, guys next week with Mystery Science Theater. With that, I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And have a good one. Have a great one, guys. Elevated. 